Welcome to the Low Watt Living Podcast, the podcast for anyone who wants to live a more energy-independent lifestyle. If you'd like to support the show, please leave a positive review on iTunes. You can also like our Facebook page. And now, on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Low Watt Living Podcast. I'm your host, Harlan Meeks, and this week we will be discussing solar panel systems. All right, when you first think about hooking up solar panel, a solar panel system, it seems very daunting, and you're like, well, there's, you know, there's so many parts to it, but there really isn't. There is the solar panel. There is the charge controller. There is the battery. And there is the inverter. This is obviously if you're using a inverter, an inverter to change your DC into normal household 110. Now, basically what you do is you take your solar panels, sit them in the sun. The photons from the sun come into the panels and excite the electrons this is a basic, basic. Um, the power goes through the cables into your charge controller. What the charge controller does is it keeps your solar panels from overcharging your batteries and destroying them. The power comes in to your batteries from the charge controller. The power is then stored in your batteries. Then you run the power off of your batteries. Uh, through an inverter to make 110 power, like that's in your home, your home's outlets, or if you run want to run DC appliances. Now, a lot of people, and I did this as well when I first started with solar, they think you just run straight off the panels. Though it is possible to do that in certain applications and in certain ways. The uh, way you would prefer to do it is with a battery system. This way, the power that's coming in is stored in the batteries. You don't have to worry about uh, the sun going behind clouds, and you don't have to worry about your power variating depending on how much solar aspect you're getting onto the panels itself. Now, what makes solar and many other renewable energy sources viable to be used as an energy source is the batteries. Uh, battery bank systems, small ones, huge ones. They come in all shapes and sizes, and you can build one yourself just by going down and getting a 12-volt deep cycle battery. These are also called marine batteries, and they come in many different sizes, different shapes. Uh, the ones I choose to use are 12-volt marine batteries, uh, and I use uh, size 31, group size 31. And that the reason I choose... Marine batteries instead of golf cart batteries instead of all these different batteries is um, the fact that the marine batteries are 12 volts. A lot of people go to golf cart bat- batteries, uh, golf cart batteries, easy for me to say, uh, be- and they are 6 volts, and then they wire them together to make a 12-volt battery. The reason I choose not to do that is because I like the fact that solar panels are modular, meaning I can take a 100-watt solar panel off of my 500-watt system because I have five 100-watt panels, let's say, 
if I take 100 watt a 100 watt panel and I take a 12 volt battery, I can take that anywhere I want and use it. And you have a hundred Watts anywhere I want. Now, if I had two six volt, uh, huge golf cart batteries, I would have to take both batteries with me and then I would have no batteries for the other solar panels. So that's one of the reasons I prefer the 12 volt Marine style batteries. You can choose whatever style or size you like, but that's why I prefer what I prefer. Now, the solar panels, uh, the way you have to face these, if you're in the northern hemisphere, you have to face them to the south. If you're in the southern hemisphere, you have to face them north. It simply boils down to the fact that you have to face your solar panels towards the equator because that's where the most sun is. Here, you know, you, you know, the sun rises uh, rises in the east and sets in the west. So to get them, and it's on the southern side of the uh, east and west line. That's why you have to face them south, so that way it'll get sun all day long. Now, obviously, in the winter, you have to adjust that a little bit. It's even more south because the sun is more southern in the winter if you're in the North Hemisphere, than it is in the summer. And vice versa if you live in the South Hemisphere. Basically, what you're trying to do is get the most sun out of your panels as you possibly can. Now, there are tracking systems which are very expensive that you can hook up to your solar panels, and it will cause them to track the sun as it goes across the sky during the day. Now, I I really don't think that's that's necessary because the efficiency you get for tracking is not equivalent to just adding another solar panel. I mean, let's say if you have 100 solar panels, I mean, this obviously doesn't equate out correctly. But if you have five solar panels like I do, if I really want to get more energy out of them and I don't want to spend thousands of dollars for a tracking system, I can just buy another panel for $149 and I will get more efficiency out of the system than putting a tracker on it, which costs a lot more than $149. Now, when it comes to how many solar panels you can have, that all depends on your charge controller. Remember, that's the little box that keeps your solar panels from overcharging and destroying your batteries. Now, since you're dealing with 12 volts coming from the solar panels, what you have to do to make sure you have the right size charge controller is uh, the charge controller will be rated in amps. The one I have, the one I had, I started out with a 10, then I had a 30 amp, now I have a 60 amp charge controller. Now how you find out what you need, let's say my five 100 watt panels. Since they're, since they're 500 watts, because there's five 100 watt panels, you take 500 and you divide it by 12 volts. And that comes out to 41.6. That will tell you your, your amps. So 41.6 amps. Since I have a, because I have a 60 watt charge controller, that will more than, than cover the 41.6 amps that I'll be pushing through it. I can actually uh, get a couple more solar panels and hook that up to it. But I wanted to make sure I had a, a large leeway in order to either increase the size of my panels or just as a buffer, just in case. Now, 
when you go on to the inverter aspect of things, uh, there's many, many different sizes, different types, different names for the inverters. Uh, personally, I have a 1500 watt, a 1600 watt, a 1200 watt, an 800 watt, a 400 watt, and 140 watt. Those are the inverters I have. Now I know it seems like overkill, but I wanted to make sure that I had inverters that are sized specifically for the thing I'm doing. Now my 1600 watt can go up to two or 3000 uh, peak wattage. Like if, if, I, if I have a spike in power for a couple seconds, it will handle that two, 3000 watts and two or 3000 watts is actually a lot of wattage. There's not very many things in your house that actually will need that high of a wattage level. There are uh, water pumps, as in like well pumps. There are your your heater and your air conditioner. Now, solar is not going to run your air conditioner. Solar is not going to run your heater. And solar will probably not run your well pump. Now, you can get ginormous systems that will do this. But in the do-it-yourself solar panel systems like I'm talking about and that I do, we don't come anywhere close to the amount of power that we need to run those things. So what, what do we run on these solar panels if you can't, run your heating, your air conditioning, you know, these things. You can run your microwave for a short time. It might be 1,100 watts, but you're not going to roast a turkey in it for five hours. You know, you're going to heat something up for a minute, maybe a minute and a half, two minutes. You can run your refrigerator for a short time. Because in a power outage, let's say, you don't need to run your refrigerator constantly. You run it for a little while, you shut it off. You run it for a little while and shut it off. You just want to keep everything cool in there. If you have a refrigerator freezer, what we do and how we keep our freezer cold, even during a power outage, is we take two liter bottles, fill them up 70% with water, and throw the bottles in the, in the freeze, freezer. Now, especially if you don't have a lot of a packed freezer, you can throw these bottles in there, and they'll freeze, and the reason why you want to do 70% is because water expands. It's one of the few things that expand when it freezes. Now, you'll be using these water bottles as ice batteries because there's a lot of energy in, stored in frozen water. It takes a lot of energy to melt that. Now, if you have these in your freezer, it, think about your ice chest. If you have a five-day ice chest, you throw ice in there, and it will keep things cool or at least cold for five days. Your freezer is no different. It's not an exception to the rule. You, you fill your freezer with as many of these bottles as you can. What we do is if we start, if we go down to the grocery store and we get uh, a whole bunch of freezer food, we take these bottles out and just sit them on the garage floor because we have our big freezer in our garage. Sit them on the garage floor and they, they just melt, but they're in the bottles, so they don't go everywhere. The water stays in the bottles, and then we fill our freezer up. As we start 
taking things out of that freezer, we put the bottles back in. The bottles freeze and become ice batteries once again. Your refrigerator and freezer, it has a motor on the back that runs a compressor that has coolant in it, uh, Freon or whatever it is now. Now, when that motor kicks on, for that instant that it kicks on, it draws an enormous amount of power. Think of it as riding a bicycle. You push off with your foot, and then that first big push you push down on the pedal takes a lot more energy than once you get the bike going. Once you get the bike going, you pedal very easily. But that first push takes a lot of energy. The same thing with your fridge. When your fridge first kicks on, that's when it spikes up to, I have no idea, 600, 700, 800 watts. I'm not exactly sure the exact wattage. I think it's something around there. And then it goes back down to not using hardly anything, 20 watts, 50 watts, something like that. It's just that first induction kick. That's what it's called, an induction kick, because it's an induction motor. Now, even with the 500 watts that I'm going to have, because right now I have 200 watts, because we had a garage sale and I sold my old 100-watt panel and my 45-watt panel to a lady whose house burnt down and uh, she needed some backup power for where she was living at the time. Um, so I have 200 watts now. I will be getting another 300 watts. Now, even with these 500 watts, it seems like a lot. It's not. It's, re- it's really not as much as you think. So I will not be running my refrigerator off of mine. I will not be running my microwave off of mine. Well, then what does that leave? I charge AA, AAA batteries. I use rechargeable batteries that are in everything in the house that takes rechargeable batteries. I have rechargeable 9-volt batteries. I have rechargeable C's and D cell batteries. I have rechargeable AAA batteries. And think about everything in your life. Just stop and think. Everything in your life that takes AA, AAA, 9-volt, Ds, and Cs batteries. I recharge all those off of solar. And you end up saving money. Because the batteries that I, I have, you can recharge 2,100 times. Now, what else do I run off of this? I also charge my kids' Xbox 360 batteries. I recharge my 18-volt yard equipment batteries. I have a weed whacker a, and a leaf blower, a cultivator, a – I had a chainsaw, a circular saw, a drill, a flashlight. I, all these are 18-volt batteries. They're actually Black & Decker for some reason, I said they were diehard the first recording, so I had to record over that. But, um, yeah, they're uh, Black & Decker, and they're all the same battery, so it's great because I can charge these up off the solar and go out and do the yard work. I also have on, on this charging system some ham radio walkie-talkie hybrids that we actually use on a regular basis. We actually talk on the... Um, FRS, the family radio service. On another episode, I'll get into the FRS, family radio service, GMRS, general, whatever that is, um, ham radio and all that, CB. I'll get all of that 
alter that into another episode. But on this system, what, what I would like to end up doing is charging everything I need and running everything I need to do this whole podcast operation 100% off solar. That would be my ideal way to go. And that's what I'm actually planning on. That's why I'm bumping up to 500 watts so I can charge my computer, charge, run everything, uh, charge this, charge that. I'm actually using a MacBook Pro with two terabytes of hard drive space, a Focusrite audio interface. I also have an iPad plugged into the system so that I can do uh, uh, sound effects. I can do all kinds of stuff with this. Uh, For instance... For all the people that listened to the older episodes that I had, the the 50 episodes, you'll see that this is all completely new and that I never had any of this stuff before. Like I said, I'm, I'm really up and ante at this time, and I really want to do this legit. Now, um, running off of inverters is something I've been doing for almost a decade or more. I've had inverters for quite some time, and the ones they have today are amazing. They have low-voltage shutoff. They have alarms. They have digital displays to tell you exactly how much power you're running through them. You can tell your battery life. You can tell all kinds of stuff through the digital displays. It has little alarms. If your batteries get too low, the alarm will go off. If you keep using the power from it, it will eventually shut off so that your batteries do not become damaged. And that's great. You set this up and it's hands off. And that's my favorite type of thing is the you set it up and, and you don't have to mess with it again. Now, just to help you consolidate your thoughts again on, on the actual subject of the podcast, solar backup system, systems contain four different items, solar panels, charge controller, batteries, inverter. Now, yes, there's fuse little fuses you can put in. There's the wires, the cables, all that stuff. But the main parts of the solar panel system are those four items. You see, it doesn't have to be complicated, and it really isn't. It's just very overwhelming when you really don't know where to begin. And that's where I was when I first started as well. I just watched a lot of YouTube channels on people that already put a panel system together. And now that you have this knowledge base, you can go and watch these videos and say, hey, that's the exact system we were just talking about. Okay, this is much more understandable than the first time I watched this. And that was the goal of this episode. this, This episode's a little long for the normal episodes I'll be putting out, most likely. But... You know, I wanted to make sure that we start in the right direction when it comes to the solar. Because, it, like I said before, it can be very intimidating. But once you start down that path of getting more energy independent, you will go solar. Then you'll think, hey, wind turbines. Hmm, 
Solar wasn't that bad. Let, let, let me look a little bit into this, these wind turbines. And then you'll, you'll be like, wow, I can get a kit for $400 for a 500-watt uh, wind turbine. And if you can have it in your area, well, heck, that's great. Just charge controller, batteries, inverter. Wow, it's the same as the solar panel system. I'm just substituting the solar panels for the wind turbine. And then you'll think, well, what else can I add? Well, I can do hydroelectric. I got a stream running through my yard. And, you know, as long as your local ordinances allow you to do it, you can put a little water wheel there and say, wow, this is the same as a wind turbine. Except for instead of the wind turning turning it, it's the water turning it. And then, oh, man, after... I come off of that and I go through the charge controller, the batteries, and the inverter again. Wow, it's all the same. The only thing that's different is the source. And when you realize that, the whole world of green energy opens to you. And then you can say, well, okay, well, I'll get these panels. And heck, I'll get the wind turbine. I'll hook them all together. Run them through the charge controller. Run them into the battery bank. Forget these two batteries. I want eight batteries. I'll make a big system. And Harlan said you can't run a refrigerator off it. I'll make a system where I can run my refrigerator, my freezer, my microwave all at once. And that's that would be great. That would make me extremely happy if you would do that. Yeah, because that's why I'm doing this. That's the whole reason I'm doing this, is to get you motivated, and to get you to understand this is not hard, this is not difficult. It's actually very easy. Now, if you still don't want to do it yourself, I'm sure you have friends, neighbors, and family members that would be very happy to help you with this. And if not, then go on YouTube and watch some of those people as they put together their system. When I finally actually do put together my full system, I will do a video of that. And I will show you every detail. And I will get down nitty-gritty, show you every little cable, every little inverter, every little detail of that. And I will put it up on the YouTube page. I will most likely also uh, share it on Facebook. And that's what I'll do for you guys. And it might take me some time to get it all together. And to get it all set up and find the time to do it. But that's what I'm going to do. So I hope you enjoyed this this episode. This is something I'm very passionate about. The whole solar aspect of it. I mean, don't take me wrong. I like all of the green energy systems. But solar, I don't know, for some reason, it moves me. And it's the one I choose. And the one that I get very excited and passionate about. Well, this is the 4th of July weekend coming up, and I just want to wish all of you that live in the U.S. a happy 4th of July. And until next time, everybody, keep low-watt living. <laughs>